welcome to the Investment Cuddle. I'm Gary. Today on the podcast, we're going to cover precious metals. It's an interesting subject in the sense that it's not always the easiest and most obvious area to invest in. So we're going to cover what are they and why are they precious and the options that you've got to invest. So these will cover unit trusts or OICs, exchange traded funds, ETFs and investment trusts and physical gold and silver and all these other precious metals. So we'll cover a little bit about the benefits of investing in physical metal, certainly from a UK side. Anyway, I think whatever jurisdiction you're in, it's always good to look at the tax implications for where you might actually be buying these, especially if you are buying them as physical items rather than shares or funds. So what are we saying about these? Well, we're saying that they're potentially a store of wealth. And with all the discussions around cryptocurrencies and stocks and shares and all these other things, where is actually the value? So if we have a little think about the Lord of the Rings and our friend Gollum, who has his precious. His precious, we think, is almost certainly made of gold. And I think with that ring of power, it illustrates how completely consumed Gollum is. It's easy to say it's a part of him, but actually, he's a part of that ring. And I think it's easy to get what we want to invest in and what we want to make money from become an obsession or something that is collected, but we're not collecting it for the right reasons or, or investing in it for the right reasons. So we know where, where Gollum's concerned. This gold ring, he is so desperate to get it back when he hasn't got it, and he calls it his precious. And it's because it's become his everything. Literally, the ring is the only thing, as Smeagol um, or Gollum holds high, or precious to him. We need must have the So as we said, we're trying not to get too obsessed with precious metals in this instance. But it's, it's good to be clear why you're investing in these things. So if we focus on gold for just a moment, because it's probably the one most people are familiar with, it's often referred to as a barbarous relic. And the question is, what is it really worth? So John Maynard Keynes once famously called gold the barbarous relic, suggesting its usefulness and hence its value is antiquated. So the real question really is, should we be buying gold today? And is it useful? And does it have a value? And what should we be paying for it? Well, in 2011, the US Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke was asked whether or not gold was money. And he said, no. Well, many people think that gold is money or think of gold as money. Interestingly, governments all over the world 
hold large amounts of gold and certainly in recent times have been buying more. And another famous person called Alan Greenspan, when he was a slightly younger man back in the 60s, he said gold is the only thing that fulfills all the requirements of money. It is scarce. It cannot be fabricated or produced in large quantities. It's durable, it's homogeneous and divisible. So each unit is of comparable quality to the next and it is widely accepted as money. Obviously, printed money can't meet these criteria. Only gold can. So there's a few learned people who have an opinion on gold, and I'll leave you to decide what you think. But unlike many other assets, gold doesn't generally generate any income. And this is a key point for us in investment. It doesn't generate an income. It's not like a dividend paying share or a fund. And it doesn't even promise to generate income at any time, in fact. So any return on gold comes strictly from its price movement. So we focused a bit on gold there and you turn around and say, you know, can, can you buy gold physically? Well, of course you can. We're not going to cover too much of that today, but I would point you back to episode 13 called Investing for Independence. I'll point you to episode 13, Investing for Dependence, where Philip gave us a really good overview of the different types of gold or the different forms of gold you can you can buy and the implications of buying those various jurisdictions certainly in the UK uh, if you buy sovereigns gold sovereigns they are exempt of capital gains tax at least at the moment so there's lots of positives there but there are other ways of buying these precious metals if you don't go physical you can buy miners or you can buy shares or units in funds that do buy physical gold. I think the interesting thing for us here is that all of those are not physical gold, in my eyes at least. And whilst you can be buying a fund or a share in a company that's got physical gold, you're not going to get that physical gold. You're not going to get your hands on it. So for, for me, that's not the same as buying gold sovereigns or bars of gold. But what we can buy, as we said, is companies and funds. So I just want to give you a few examples of these. So one that is a pretty small company, but £250 million market cap is a company called Sylvania Platinum Limited. So these guys are based in South Africa, but on the long on the London Stock Exchange, they mine platinum and platinum group metals. So they're also looking at rare earths, which I won't go through too much today, but other elements that come out as a byproduct of mining these precious metals. And some of those are worth significantly more than platinum and palladium and things like that so this company's currently paying an eight percent dividend they've only been paying for the last few years the price earnings ratio on this is about five five and a half as we are talking today and as i say relatively small company under a billion pounds market capitalization 
But there's a small company that you won't find in lots of funds because it's probably too small for those guys to buy that. The alternative way of doing it, certainly on the miners' side, is buying something like an ETF or an exchange-traded fund, GDX or GDXJ. So that's the miners and the junior miners. So for those of you in the US, those ETFs should be readily available. For the UK, it's slightly more difficult. Um, but also in, in the US, there's GLD, which is the physical gold ETF, which again, we're putting a caveat on the word physical for today. But if you are trying to buy these things in the UK, the iShares Physical Metals ETC, the ticker for that is IGLN, is priced in dollars. So IGLN, as an ETC, it's a physical gold, US dollar priced, exchange-traded commodity. So it's an ETC, but it's essentially could be viewed like an ETF because it's actually sitting there as a precious metal metals commodity fund. So that will track the day-to-day variation in gold. If you're interested in silver, iShares also have a physical metals, physical silver ETC. Ticker on that is SSLN. Again, this is a similar product to the gold version and will track the day-to-day variation in that physical metal. So funds, we've got just an example here, ES Baker, steel, gold, and precious metals. So that's a, a UK fund, um, an OIC, so um, an open-ended investment company. So unit trust in my language. Again, that's a specialist fund, but that's one way of investing in gold and precious metals as a combined fund. So this one, for instance, is involved in precious metals and mining, industrial metals and mining. Um, There's some unclassified in there, but also this is, in terms of jurisdictions, this is investing in Canada, Australia, South Africa, a bit in the UK, the US. not, Not unsurprising areas if they are engaging in investing in mining companies. In their top 10 holdings, they've got Kinross Gold Corp. They've also got Ocean Gold Corp and Harmony Gold Mining. So they're pretty heavy in terms of a gold bias, you should you could say. But ninety over ninety percent of the sectors are covered by precious metals and mining. Pretty heavy in terms of mining there. And the countries across Canada, Australia, South Africa, a bit in the United Kingdom, the US. So again, quite common countries, I think, there for miners. But again, with a fund there, you're going to distribute the risk a little bit across that. So that's an example of a unit trust or an OIC. There is an investment trust, which allows you to invest in precious metals. So there's one called Golden Prospect Precious Metals Limited. Ticker on that is GPM. And this is a relatively small fund. It's a thirty million pound market capitalization. Typically runs around an eighteen percent 
discount as an investment trust. Remember the times we've talked about investment trusts before, you're essentially buying shares in the fund that can be traded. So they're currently being traded below net asset value. Gearing on this investment trust is about 15%, so not desperately high for an investment trust. But um, what you'll find is the fees are a little bit higher than you would see on a typical ETF. The ETFs are generally a cheaper way of getting into these areas, as is with most stocks and shares. GPM, their top 10. They've got Mag Silver Corp in there and another silver miner in Fortuna. They've also got Leo Lithium. So for those of you that are interested in a play on green energy and battery technology, they're covering lithium. They're also covering a couple of gold miners as well in there, Pure Gold Mining and Sabina Gold and Silver Corp. So they're predominantly Canada, not quite 60%. The remainder is Australia and South Africa. So again, not unsurprising in terms of geographic location. One of the other plays that you could look at in terms of alternative to an ETF. So this is a an OIC, and it's a pure play on, on gold mining again. So 91 Global Gold. It's a 260 million market cap fund with about 23 holdings, so not a ridiculous amount. And the top 10 in there, uh, the ones that stand out really, Barrett Gold, 9% in Barrett Gold. Oceana Gold Corp, like we've seen with one of the other funds there. So over 90% of their sector holding is precious metals and mining with a bit in industrial metals and mining and their geographic location they've got companies in canada australia uk us south africa a little bit in china which i think that's the only one we've seen so far with holdings in china of the ones that we've looked at but hopefully that gives you a overview of a few funds that cross the ETF space, the OICs, and investment trusts. So there's a few ways to buy into precious metals. And I think it's interesting to understand that you can go and do that. And that's paper-based investing, whether you're investing in companies or, or, in this case, precious metals. So why buy physical metal? Because you can buy this company these stocks and shares relatively straightforward day to day and dispose of them quickly readily easily and also if we pick on gold again gold hasn't risen recently with inflation in fact in dollar terms it has dropped significantly we would say so why what's going on with gold as the most sort of well known and common precious metal well someone suggested this is this recent price weakness, you could call it, is because there's more paper gold out there than there is physical gold. And actually, the paper gold shares are just paper. And so therefore, they will behave and react in the same way 
any share will behave when a market is on a downturn or we're in a bear market, which certainly in the US, there's been there's been a bear market for a large part of this year, certainly. So what we're saying is when the stock market goes down, gold's been going down. Gold's also not been helped with the fact that we've had a strong dollar for a large portion of this year as well, which means that generally when gold is faced with a strong dollar, gold will go down. And consequently, you look at if you're dealing with gold in pound terms and British pound terms at the moment, actually gold's not gone down in value very much. If anything, it's pretty flat. And that's because the pound has been weak against the dollar. Um, Despite some minimal strengthening recently, it's actually in the most part been down against the dollar, certainly historically and quite considerably more recently. So we're turning around and saying when you look at physical metal, whether it's gold, silver or something else, it's a store of value and it's tangible. You can lock it in a cupboard. You can put it into a safe. You can put it into a safety deposit box. It's a real asset. And in the long run, those real assets should, in the long run, those assets or those real assets should at least track inflation over the long term. So if nothing else, the money you put into those physical metals will maintain its value rather than you could argue that when we are constantly debasing currencies, those equivalent values of paper money are going down. So I think in summary, we've talked about this a lot on the investment cuddle. Have a balanced portfolio. Don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Consider having some stocks, some shares, some funds of different types in different sectors. And I think based on the strength of the day, think about whether or not there's a place for physical metal of whatever type. As we've said, there's gold, there's silver, there's platinum, palladium. There's other commodities out there as well. But is there a place for physical metal alongside your existing investments? I think if there is, the best way of looking at that physical metal is it's not a liquid asset, i.e. you're not going to buy it one day and sell the next. So it's thinking carefully about how much you want to invest in in this physical store of value and actually making sure that it's in a place where it can be safe and it will be there when you need it in the future. Um, And also, if we said, it's also the sort of thing that you could look at in terms of transfer of wealth to others, whether it's family or people that you would like to transfer wealth to, that's another option. So we've had a run through there on precious metals. We'll say thank you to the inspiration for this, which was Smeagol. And the other way of looking at this is, is there are ways of buying gold. And we'll take the inspiration and we'll thank Gollum of Smeagol for the inspiration for today's episode. And we'll see you next time.
This programme has been presented for information and educational purposes only. None of the information or content of the programme is to be taken as an offer, opinion or recommendation by the programme's hosts or guests to buy or sell securities, nor is it intended to provide legal, tax, accounting, commercial or financial advice. Opinions and comments are based on information from sources believed to be reliable. All investing involves risk as prices go up or down based on a number of factors. Always consider consulting a financial professional before investing.